Hey, I'm your host, Sarah Sennett. I'm a master's qualified digital marketer. Together, we're going to up-level your marketing game. My aim for the Marketing Mindset Club is to give you clarity on how to create and communicate value. Learn the latest marketing techniques, build your skill set, and develop the confidence you need to get the results you want. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Marketing Mindset Club. It is good to be back. We are back in the routine, back in the groove. And we've only got three more episodes for this series. So very exciting and aiming to finish on a high. What did you think of the last episode? It was the first guest interview that I've done on this show. And if you haven't listened to it and you're interested in how to pull off awesome events in 2021, despite pandemic situations around the world, then please check it out because I think it will be really useful. But also I really enjoyed having that conversation and I'm thinking of doing more of that style of episode. So if you've got any preferences or any feedback, guest topics, anything about the episode I've just done, I would love to know. So send me a message on Instagram at Marketing Mindset Club and just let me know. So I mentioned a few episodes ago that I've moved roles in my full time job and I'm now working for an agency specialising in e-commerce, which is really exciting and it's a whole new adventure for me. So I'm a couple of weeks in and just loving it. And I've worked with clients before who are in the e-commerce B2C space, but at my previous role, I had quite a mix of B2B and B2C clients. So now I'm able to focus just on e-commerce, I am going to dedicate this episode to all the things about the trends and the game changes that you will need to know for 2021. So let's get going. First things first, customers. Customers should always come first, and I can't stress this enough in 2021. And not just if you're in e-commerce, understanding the situation of your customers is absolutely crucial to designing an effective value proposition. Now, we've been living in a state of upheaval for almost a year now, thanks to COVID, and previously known behaviours that you thought you could predict and plan for are now pretty much out of the window. For instance, in the US, McKinsey estimates they saw 10 years worth of growth in e-commerce penetration in three months in 2020. And this is opposed to retail through physical channels. And that is huge. At the beginning of lockdown, it was all about business supplies, toys and games and food and drink as the top three categories purchased online. And looking back at that crazy time, it totally makes sense. As a global community, we were setting up work from home where we could, finding ways of occupying the kids when they weren't at school and those who couldn't go to school, trying to get groceries, whether from supermarkets or food box suppliers. The growth in e-commerce has been absolutely huge. And it isn't just limited to millennials. Consumers of all ages are shopping online, mostly because that behaviour has been driven by lockdowns across the world. But this includes every age group, including baby boomers and seniors. And when you combine that with the data that said 75% of customers tried buying a new brand this year and that 60% of those consumers would consider incorporating those new brands into their lives after the pandemic, you've got a world of change, but also opportunity. Some markets show buyers switching to purchasing online more frequently, even after the pandemic. And according to Statista, the top five localizations for that are Vietnam, China, India, Italy and Russia, where around 30% or more of consumers surveyed will buy things online more frequently, even when physical stores reopen. 
Now, some categories have also seen big changes. Homewares and consumer electricals were up 75% and 65% respectively. But as you might expect, pandemic considering, party wear and wedding dresses were way down. But if we take our thinking away from the things consumers are doing online and consider the wider world situation for a minute, it's likely that a good chunk of this year will be spent in some level of lockdown for people around this year, which means staying local. So travel and hospitality are still looking at a year of uncertain prospects, even though the hope is there that holidays will be able to happen this year. It's still really uncertain times could be that there's no social gatherings. It could be families still at home with their children. So I think the need to create a better home environment will continue. So purchases for homewares, games, toys, I think will continue to stay high. And for those people who can work from home, I think we'll see a growth in categories that can help alleviate the cabin fever. Which brings me on to the next topic of treats and luxuries versus necessities. No one can argue that this hasn't been a tough 12 months and offsetting some of that struggle with treats and luxuries is how many people are coping and I definitely sign up to that. One in 10 Britons apparently has signed up for a subscription box service during lockdown. So companies like Craft Gin Club and Cricklewood Coffee all saw new customer growth in the hundreds of percent. On a global luxury brand scale, the FT recently reported that so-called revenge buying after being stuck in lockdown had boosted the sector. Consumers in China and Japan are largely driving this return to some sort of positivity. But it got me thinking, I wonder how many of us have made purchases based on the I deserve it thinking, which I kind of prefer reward buying as a phrase than this sort of revenge buying term that um, has been coined. I don't think it needs the anger in it. We're all, I think, just trying to be a bit more positive. I read in one article that UK residents spent an estimated 40 million in the first lockdown alone on so-called I deserve it purchases, which also, as a side note, it was recently announced that buy now pay later firms like Klarna are about to be regulated in the UK by the FCA, which I think can only be a good thing because there is a level of concern about that buy now pay later scenario becoming similar to the payday loan situation that we had here a few years ago. But it's not just the luxuries consumers are seeking out online. Purchasing necessities has transitioned online for many too. The nature of lockdown combined with the big retailers finding staffing fulfillment challenges as a result of COVID and disrupting supply chains. Necessities like groceries, health, hygiene, home essentials are now all part of the online shopping list. And it's resulted in that share of online grocery shopping in the UK more than doubling from 7% to 15%. And I can definitely say I've got in on that action as well. And I think click and collect is definitely going to be a growth area for so many retailers. And the next point I'll come on to is about customer experience and how that is going to define retention results this year. Now, as competition in the e-commerce arena has taken a giant leap forwards thanks to the pandemic, there's even more choice for the consumer than ever before. So e-commerce reached a record high of 16.4% of total global retail sales last year, which also means increasing competition to attract shoppers to your offer. Acquisition costs are shooting up, so the focus is back on the old adage that it's easier and cheaper to retain an existing customer than it is to gain a new one. 
You'd expect to see a significant chunk of shoppers leave a brand if they had several bad experiences, and that figure is an unsurprising 59%. But it's not enough to give a good experience most of the time. 17% of shoppers would leave a brand after just one bad experience. So just think, you've spent all that time, that effort, that money to get new customers through the door for your customer experience to drive them away after just one purchase. Now, I covered a lot more about customer experience in the 2021 marketing strategy episode. So if you want to delve deeper into that topic, go back and check out that episode. But thinking about customer experience specifically from a retention perspective, you as a marketer can only do so much to make the digital experience as seamless and beautiful as possible. Fulfillment, customer service and every other department that a customer comes into contact with has to give a good experience too. So as I covered in the strategy trends episode, you'll need C-suite buy-in to make those meaningful impacts if you discover you've got an area that needs improvement. But let's think about the digital customer experience that you can influence as a marketer. What's one of the most powerful things you can do to enhance that experience? Personalize it. And there are a bunch of ways that you can do that. So I'm gonna summarize a few of them here. The first is email marketing. Feature products that you know a customer is interested in or complements their buying habits. You can also use the data that you know about them in order to address them personally, to send them personalized offers. All of this will vastly improve your customer retention rates. The second is tailor your visual on-site content to a customer's geographic location, language selection, or previous buying habits if they're logged in and you can use that data. It will help no end for the customer to feel like you understand their situation. The third point is to go seasonal. Tailor your content to the season that your customer is experiencing. And this could be in any area of, of your communications or website. And if you think about it, the weather has such an important role to play in buying behaviours. So if you can show that you understand the local conditions your customers are experiencing, it will undoubtedly grow their affinity with your brand. Number four is about retargeting. And if you're going to retarget a previous customer to try and re-engage them, it absolutely should be personalized. Whether that's with a product recommendation or content that's relevant to their history with your brand or maybe a relevant offer, if you can personalize it, you'll have vastly improved success rates and it will positively impact the lifetime value of that customer. And the fifth one I want to talk about is chatbots. So in the recent 2021 tactics episode, we talked a bit about this topic. Customers are increasingly expecting a 24 hour service. So chatbots for customer service are becoming increasingly common, but it's also a chance to personalize the experience. You know, your chatbot should have access to customer details once they pass, you know, security or screening or however you do that but it should be able to provide tailored product recommendations or customer service signposts that are relevant to that individual. The next point I want to come on to is about brand building and brand building is gonna make a return to the strategy this year. According to Shopify, over half of all global e-commerce sales happen on marketplaces like Amazon and eBay. So building a brand has got to be part of the strategy again in order to stand out. And I'm not saying for all retailers that it, it stopped being part of the strategy. It might just be that it is now going to be elevated because there is so much competition. 
Now, the good thing going for you if you're a brand who is focused on this area is that customers are willing to change their purchase behaviors to align with brands who are interested in sustainability and reducing their impact on the environment. So everything from recycled packaging to being carbon neutral or even carbon negative is something that can lure customers in. So not to mention being absolutely the right thing to do for our natural world. But marketplace selling isn't without its challenges. And even though the opportunity is huge, platform fees and being one step removed from the consumer are two of the top concerns that retailers have. As a brand in a marketplace, there's little you can do to control the digital experience of your customers. So your end-to-end -end experience throughout the rest of the process has got to work extra hard to delight, but also to bring that customer direct to you next time, assuming that's part of your strategy. And when I was researching this piece, I came across a stat that really surprised me. And it said 70% of Amazon searches do not include a brand name. So that means consumers are searching for a solution in the absence of a brand. And I was quite surprised about that. I didn't think it would be that high, but I guess that's indicative of the Amazon marketplace. It doesn't seem to do much to highlight the brands who sell through the platform. But if anyone has a different experience of selling through Amazon that is brand related or you have a different opinion, uh, I'd love to hear about it. For me, it does mean that you have a chance to get your brand in front of new customers and potentially bring them into your world and maybe keep them as repeat customers. So you could think of that first purchase as an acquisition cost if your eventual strategy is to get them to buy direct and you're selling the kind of product that is of a consumable nature. Personally, I've not had much luck with brand discovery on Amazon Marketplace. Um, I couldn't tell you a single brand that I've purchased from. The products have all been fine, however, but there's nothing remarkable about any of the experience I've had in terms of packaging or product or sustainability messaging. So I think there is a huge opportunity there. There's also a huge opportunity for augmented reality. And the thought is that it's going to become a mainstay of fashion e-commerce this year. Augmented reality or AR started off as a bit of a novelty and the preserve of the global brand uh, because of the costs of production, but it's likely to become much more of a mainstay in the digital retail experience this year. As a result of lockdown and the much reduced footfall in stores, many more consumers are shopping online, as we know, and want to know what the product will be like in their real life context before they purchase. But before we get into its applications, I just want to take a step back and talk a bit more about what augmented reality is. So augmented reality, or AR for short, is an interactive experience of a real world environment where the objects that reside in the real world are enhanced by computer generated perceptual information, sometimes across multiple sensory modalities. AR can be defined as a system that fulfills three basic features, a combination of real and virtual worlds, real time interaction and accurate 3D registration of virtual and real objects. The overlaid sensory information can be constructive, i.e. additive to the natural environment, or destructive, i.e. masking the natural environment. What this means is that a visual representation of a product can be experienced in person. The clothing retailer ASOS has been one of the brands getting into AR from the beginning. In 2019, ASOS started on their AR journey with an experimental feature called Virtual Catwalk. The idea was that you point your smartphone at any flat surface and you can see a model as though they are walking on the surface in front of you in the clothes that you're interested in. It's also continued to develop its AR offering as buyer behaviours have changed thanks to COVID and among other things. 
You can now get a simulated realistic view of up to 500 clothing items per week on six real life models. The initiative is called See My Fit and it allows customers to see clothes on real life, in inverted commas, because we're talking about AR, people. This will not only help with the customer experience, I can imagine it will also reduce costs to the business in terms of handling return items that don't fit or weren't as expected. Now, IKEA is another brand that's been making strides into the AR world. and They incorporated AR into their app so that users could see furniture pieces in their real life homes. It started with around 2,000 pieces in the library and it means that in the IKEA app, you simply hold your phone up to a view that you are thinking of putting a piece of furniture in and it will give you a visual representation of what that piece will look like in situ. It was developed to help IKEA move forwards in the e-commerce space because up until this point, they hadn't really taken step forward into online retailing. And it's obviously worked out well for them because the library is now up to 3,200 pieces and the app has been downloaded over 2 million times. They're not the only home retailer that is going down this route. Incidentally, Dulux have also come up with a similar AR experience where you can try out different paint colours in your room, um, digitally, of course. Which brings me on to talking a bit more about sustainability. So I mentioned this earlier about customers being willing to change their behaviours based on brands that appear to be more sustainable. Consumers are looking to be more mindful of their impact on the environment. And it's something that's come up in a lot of the research pieces that I've read this year. Sustainable or recycled packaging, carbon reduction or reduced energy consumption, all on the list, but top of the list is reduced reliance on single-use plastic. And this piece comes from Business Insider. Um, value and ease of purchase are still the main drivers of purchase decisions, but sustainability is becoming a bigger factor. In a recent survey, 47% of internet users worldwide had ditched products and services from a brand that violated their personal values and protecting the environment topped that list, which is an absolutely astounding number that nearly half of all shoppers, if that data holds true, will change their behaviours based on sustainability. So I think that's going to be huge. And that number was so big, I was trying to verify whether there were any other surveys that had seen similar results, and I did find one. In a research report from IBM, nearly six in 10 consumers surveyed are willing to change their shopping habits to reduce environmental impact. So slight variance in the numbers, but we're basically looking at around half of all consumers. Nearly eight in 10 respondents to that survey indicate that sustainability is important to them. And for those who say it's very or extremely important, over 70% would pay a premium of up to 35% for brands that are sustainable and environmentally responsible. So it's not only better for a brand to be sustainable because it's what's best for our planet, it's also now a premium that customers will pay for. Which leads me to conclude that 2021 is not going to be an easy ride. Even with everything you have in your control in 2021 as a marketer, and while this year is expected to show a little bit of a slower pace of growth than last year, it's still going to be unpredictable and it's still going to be a bit of a roller coaster in terms of results. Now, Shopify is predicting that bricks and mortar stores will begin to rebound as lockdowns hopefully ease this year. But Forrester found in their research that only 13% of consumers now trust retailers. And I think what they mean by that is 
bricks and mortar in-store retailers because they go on to say click and collect or curbside pickups will have to remain in place to tempt customers back. So if you're in bricks and mortar retail as well as e-commerce, don't abandon those things that you did to help customers feel more comfortable about shopping with you because it is still going to be important this year. And that's all I have for you this time. Thank you so much for coming back to the Marketing Mindset Club. I'm so glad that you're still here and we're back in the groove. Two more episodes to go this season and I've got a couple of nice surprises coming up for you. So let me know what you think about the show. And if you've got any questions or feedback, head over to Instagram at Marketing Mindset Club. I would love to get your feedback. If you haven't subscribed or left a review, please consider doing so if you're getting value from the show. It really helps me to grow this club and to help marketers all around the world get better results. See you next time.